Okay, let's get started with Parshas Mishpatim, Tuf Shin Ayin Hey, also Shabbish Kalim, which hopefully we'll uh, make a comment about at the uh, end of our discussion. But first, we start off tonight. We'll have uh, a lot of different uh, ideas. Last week we had a couple of questions with a number of answers to each question. We'll have tonight. We'll have separate ideas because there are so many separate ideas in Mishpatim. Mishpatim is a Point after point after point after mitzvah after mitzvah. Even in the days of old, there was even two parshios. In the Sefer HaChinuch, he has two parshas. Parshas Mishpatim and parshas in Kasef Tauve. Right in the middle, he splits it. It was two parshas in his day. But we will have um, one discussion of parshas Mishpatim, um, <coughs> a number of comments. And we start off with a thought that uh, we mentioned in a different context a couple of weeks ago, but it is a, uh, a defining element. An amazing thought from the Dasa Kanim of the Baalei HaTosva. So if we look in... We'll start with the middle and then we'll go back to the beginning. In Perach of Beis, Pasik Lamid, out of the many mitzvot that appear here, all the way at the end of Perach of Beis, we have the halacha of Shrefa. Pasik Lamid, Chav Beis Lamid. V'anshe Kodesh Tihiyunli, you shall be holy people for me. What does holy people mean? So the Pasik continues, eating kosher. Ubasar basadet Shrefa lo do not eat uh, basar that is in the field, trefa. What does that mean? Rashi quotes Anshi Kodesh Tihiyunli, Imatem Kdoshim Uprushim, Mishkutse Nevelos Utrefos. If you keep separated and sanctified and away <coughs> from Nevelos and Trefos, what are Nevelos and Trefos halachically? Uh, you know, colloquially, we use that just to say something's not kosher, but there is a halachic definition. A Nevelos is an animal that had. Uh, it, that did not have appropriate shechita. The animal just died. That's a nevela. A trefa means it had a proper shechita, but there was something else wrong with it. That's the halachic definition of nevela trefa. But here, basada trefa, without getting into the details, might include even more. It means something happened to the animal, and maybe it was it was uh, attacked, but it's not kosher. Says the Torah, la kelef tashlichunoso, throw it to the dogs. La kelef tashlichunoso. So the question that the Baalei Tosvos, the Dasakini Baalei Tosvos ask, why the dogs? Why Dafka here does the Torah emphasize to throw it to the dogs? The Dasakini for Baalei Tosvos. A collector's item, Dasakini. Says the Dasakini in source number one, right here in our parsha. Me'achar, right in the middle of the top line. Me'achar shahakelev masar nafsho alatrefa. Says the Dasakini, which dogs are we talking about? What kind of dog? What, everybody has dogs? We must be talking about what type of animals did people have that they would have eaten had it had a proper shechita. If it didn't have a trefa, probably we're talking about a shepherd. A shepherd has sheep and he has dogs to watch his sheep. If anybody ever sees a, 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 a group of sheep, have, the shepherd has dogs running around it to protect it from the wolves, to protect it from other uh, attacking animals. That's the dog we're talking about. And the Torah says, give your trefa to the dogs. What's the message? What's happening here? Says the Trefa. This dog has been your watchdog for so many months, for so many years. And he's been with you through thick and thin. He's been with you protecting these sheep. And what happened? All of a sudden, he messed up. There was one time he didn't do his job. He let the animals, the wolves, get through. Trefa and... Now you have this trefa that you can't eat. Says the Torah, give it to the dog. Why give it to the dog? Don't be someone without any gratitude. Don't be a kafui tova. This dog has been with you for years. How many days he protected, he kept the dogs away. All of a sudden, one time he messed up. Don't hold it against him. Give him the meat. Give the trefa to the dogs. Not only what he has done for you, but what he's going to do for you. He's going to be with you for a long time. Because it's the derech of the world to be ma'amid klavim, to keep dogs, to guard the tzon. From the Ze'evim, from the wolves. So the Torah says, this project we think is a little detail, nothing to do with us. Throw it to the dogs. Keep things in perspective. There was something done today, there was a wrong done today. Don't let that 
make you forget yesterday and the day before and what's going to be tomorrow. And if it applies to animals, then Kavachomer, Ben Benoshel Kavachomer, it applies obviously to people uh, and into the Shalom Bayis realm as well. It's an amazing Ha'ara that, uh, that is mentioned. The Gemara tells us, I'm going to give it to you in Mesecha Sota. The Gemara at the end of the first parak in Sota, on Daf Yudalid, the Gemara notes there that, famous Chazal, the Torah says, the Gemara says, Darash Rev Simloi, Torah Tchilasa Gemilus Chasadim, Visofa Gemilus Chasadim. The Torah starts off with Chesed and the Torah ends with Chesed. How does the Torah end with Chesed? Ma'arach, the last act done in the Torah, Kodesh Baruch Hu buries Moshe Rabbeinu. Chesed shall emes. But the Torah also starts with Chesed. So if we were writing this Gemara, what would we have written for the example of the Torah starting with Chesed? Probably, Bereshus Barah Lokim, Es HaShemayim Ves The creation of the world was the ultimate act of Chesed. Kodesh Baruch Hu creates the world, he creates man, there's nothing greater than that, he gets nothing out of it. And he does creation. And yet, that's not the example given by the Gemara. Where does the Torah start off with Chesed? Tchilasa gemilas chasadim, dechsiv vayas Hashem elokim la'adamu le'ishto, kasnos or vayal bishem. Hashem clothes Adam and Chava. Gives them clothes. Sofa gemilas chesed, dechsiv vayik baroso bagai. He buried Moshe Rabbeinu. Ask the Bali Machshava, why is this the Example given for Tchilasa Chesed. This one even earlier. Bria Olam. Why wait till later after they sinned and the end of the, the story of, of Adam and Chava? We have the story of HaKadosh Baruch Hu giving him, giving them clothes. So maybe we have to go back a step to answer this question. Look back to Psukim right before Hashem clothes them. What just happened in Paragimel and Sefer Bracious? We have the story of Adam and Chava and the Chet and all the punishments are meted out. What happens right after the punishments? Right after Hashem tells Adam and what's the punishment that tells him uh, you're going to have to work and tells the uh, Isha, tells Chava that the Etzef tells Ibanim and tells the Nachash. What's the very next Pasuk? Adam turns to Chava and says turns to Isha and says, I'm going to name you Chava. And right after that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu clothes them. What's the Hemshech HaPsukim? So, maybe the suggestion is that Adam, what could have been or should have been his reaction right after Chava does this to him, right after Isha does this to him. Look what you caused! There's no greater sin that a spouse could cause than to bring death for eternity to humanity. Right? Nothing any of our spouses have ever done has ever come close to that. And that's what happened. And what's Adam's reaction? He's mocha. Adam is able to see beyond the moment. Adam is able to keep things in perspective and say, she's the mother of my children. She's the mother of mankind. I'm going to name her Chava. Adam is able to see beyond. Right after Adam sees beyond, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, okay, I'll also, also see beyond. And he gives them clothes. Right after they see, what do you mean? You, you're, you're naked, you're embarrassed, it's your fault. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees Adam being Mochel. So, so too, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, okay. What's the message? This is not just chesed. It's chesed after having been wronged, after having been slighted in an egregious way. That's the gavos. That's the emphasis of the Gemara. It's not just chesed. But the first chesed that the, Torah, that the Gemara wants to magnify is chesed where it might, even make, might not even make sense to do the chesed because I was just wronged and yet I'm doing the chesed anyway because I keep things in perspective. Give the trefa to the dog says the Dasakanim, Mi because the dog has done so much for you, and the dog will do so much for you, says the Dasakanim. That is that is worthwhile. That is worthwhile to give it to him based on the past and the future. And this is something that we always have to keep in mind in all of our relationships, especially within our homes. Okay. Now let's move on. Again this Masech, this uh, uh, Parsha is has many mesechtes. Rashi on this part of Harsha is Baba Kama, Baba Metzia, Ksubis. Many mesechtes are are uh, are based here. So let's spend some time on Nizikin. Three of the Avos Nizikin. Let's have three thoughts. One about Bor, 
one about Shane, and one about Ish. First, we'll start with Bar. Start with Bar. What's Bar? Putting a Bar inside in a Rishas Arabim, putting something dangerous in a public area. The Torah tells us, Perachaf Aleph, Pasuk Lamed Gimel, Lamed Dalid, V'chiyiftach Ishbar, if a person opens up a bar, O'kiyichre Ishbar, V'lo Yechasenu, doesn't, digs a bar, digs a hole, doesn't cover it up, and a Shorachamar fall in, Bala Bar Yishalem. And of course, it doesn't only include Lamaisa Boros, but it includes any type of dangerous item left in a public area that is my responsibility to guard it and to remove it and to protect the Tzibor from it. But if you look closely in the Pasuk Lamed Gimel, you see it bold-faced in source number two, there's a slight difference between the two words, bar. V'chiyiftach ish bar, that's spelled male with a vav. O'kiyichre ish bar. Right, if somebody opens a pit or if somebody digs a pit, v'lo yichasenu does not cover it up, and property falls in, he has to pay. Classic gra. Why is one male, one chaser? The Gra has numerous thoughts picking up on a Mali and a Chaser. One to remember, we've discussed how Kol Kol Yaakov, one Kol is Mali, one Kol is Chaser, alluding to two different Kolos of every Jew. But here he asks the Gra, why is one Mali, one Chaser? Tevas I, and then he quotes also, it says, uh, Ish, two times. Lakaxi of line three says the Gra is referring to a Halacha. It's hinting to us a detail in Ilchus Baba Kama, Mesechus Baba Kama. Why? Then it says bar at the end again. Rashi quotes it. Why did it say open a bar and dig a bar? Why dafka both open and dig? Vigilahu. Opened means it was there, but you just opened it. Opened it means I didn't dig it, I opened it. Maybe it was covered, maybe it had a strong um, covering on it so that nobody would fall through, and I removed the covers. I didn't dig the pit, but I removed, and I now created a dangerous circumstance. Kiyiftach, shahaya mechuse That's yiftach. V'chiyichre, yichre to dig. L'rabos kura achar kura. What is kiyichre, says the Gemara? That's to include digging after digging. Meaning what? What if there's a little ditch in the ground? It's not dangerous at all. It's a little ditch. Somebody will fall in. They'll trip a little bit. But then I finished the job. I dug it more. I made it deeper. Chazal tell us, nine tvachim deep, putter. That's not considered dangerous yet. Somebody comes and digs just one tefach, but goes from nine to ten, not from zero to one, or six to seven. It goes from nine to ten, boom, now it has the status of a halachic bar, and the shani, even though he did much less, but he did the defining transitionary action, and now it's a bar that is mechaif. So somebody could open up a bar and hardly do anything. Can you have to take off a cover? Chayif. Somebody could dig nine tefachim. And not be chayev until the second person comes and his chayev. Says the Gra, these two halachos are alluded to now in this Pasik. V'zeu shenemar, line 8. V'chiyiftach ishbar she'eno koreklum. Opening up a bar. You're going to be chayev for that. Rak poseach oso. Just open it. V'nafal shama. The chayev ha-poseach l'shalem. The poseach, the one who opened it, is chayev to pay. That's only if it's a perfect bar that he opened. It's a male bar. It's a bar with a vav. It's a male bar. It's a perfect bar. I just opened it. It's ten tefachim by itself. So that's why I'm going to be chayiv. Dafka in poseach bar shall yut tefachim ve'ino chazim klum. Not missing anything. Lakaxi. That's why the first bar is male. To male ve'ino chazim. You're opening up a bar. It's got to be a perfect bar if you're just opening it. But aval gabe yichre. But the second time. Somebody ready? Dog nine. And now I'm doing the last one. Even if the bar's chaser. All I did is one little tefach. I took a bar that was lacking. I did one little bit. 
But what does the Torah say? Baal habor. Mole with a vav is mishalim. It's as if he did everything. You do that last nakuda, the last action, the last makabapatish, finished. Klomar, miyashar, mile, vehishlem abar. I made it dangerous. I'm going to be responsible for the entire bar. So a little difference. It goes from chaser to mole to, it goes from mole to chaser to mole. Switches back. Why did the Torah do this? Moshe Rabbeinu told us to write bar this way in the Torah. With a vav, without a vav. With a vav, says the Gra, it's alluding to this halacha. Of kiyiftach and kiyichre. Okay. That's one on bar. Now we have one on shor, specifically damaging through animals eating. Parach of let's keep going now, in the parsha, Pasuk Dalet, by Shlishi. By Shlishi. Says the Torah, Ki yaver ish sadeh okerem. Ki yaver, what is yaver? Raunkulis, are yochil gvar. Chakalo krum, some lushen of eating. Lushen of eating. Luvaer is to destroy, biur, but it's also to eat. Who is eating? Vishalach es biiro, person sends their animal. Ubiir bisteacher, and they're eating in somebody else's properly. Meitav sadeo meitav karmo yishalei, and they have to pay. They have to pay for the nezek. Nizke mamon. This is the halacha of an animal. If my animal eats in someone else's property, so then that is going to be a problem. Says uh, Ravolbi. Source number three in his Sefer on Shmos in Shiure Torah. Again, Kiyaver, he quotes Rashi. As we just explained, Yaver means Yolich Behemosav Bisad of Akarim Shel Chavero. I lead my animals through somebody else's property, Viyazikoso, Baachas Bishteelu. And I damage. Them with one of two in one of two ways. Either trampling, my animal tramples, which is what's called regel, or bebir, which is what's called shane. Rashi explains two of the major discussions in the first parakabakama. Rashi continues, So if my animal happens to walk through your field and eat something, I'm chayev to pay. Says Revolvi, this halacha is not only famous from Sefer Shmos, but it's also famous from Sefer Bracious. This is why, as we know, Chazal tell us, or not only Chazal, the Torah tells us, Avram and Lod had to part ways. This is what made Eliezer, Evan Avraham's entourage different than all the other entourages of all the different animals. Says Revolvi, Avram Avinu, Nifrad Milot, why did Avram have to separate from Lot? Because he saw. He saw what they were doing. Hashem couldn't handle it. He couldn't deal with this. Some of the animals grazing. When Eliezer came, Kasuv, they were muzzled. They were muzzled. We see how careful Avram Avinu was not to eat one blade of grass. Says Revolbi, when we think of Avram Avinu, we usually don't focus on this Midah. We usually focus on one or two Midahs of Avram Avinu. Number one, his emuna. We say, Avram Avinu, the first mamin, he recognized HaKadosh Baruch Hu at age 3, 40, 52, whatever your shita of the Rishonim uh, one holds. Maybe it was a process, so they're all right. But that was Avram Avinu. We focus on his emuna or his chesed. He went to HaKadosh Archim and his focus on others. But we have to realize, look at this midah as well. He laid down the law. You know, one might have thought that it's not me, it's my animals. Animals have their mind of their own. He goes out of his way to muzzle his animals. He can't stay living near his relative who he risked his life for. But I, I, you can't be here because it's just not my way of life. Yesh Dvarim says Revolvi now. Right, we read these psukim and we say, okay, Baruch Hashem, we can do these psukim, but it's not Lamaisa. Stealing? I'm not a Ganif. 
I'm not a gazlan. I'm okay. I'm careful with my money. What we honest in business? Yes. Baruch Hashem. Let's get to some of the other mitzvahs and let's get to the Lashon Hara pasuk. Right. Let's get to some of the other ones. It says Revolbi. Every every pasuk relates to each of us, each on our own level. It says Revolbi. On line eight. Yesh dvarim shaklala ola latinu shem gazel. There are some things that we don't even think about. Ludugma, for example. In Bachurim Kfar Yeshena Bipnimiya, let's say there's a yeshiva setting, there's a dorm, and there's one guy, Viacharu Masmid Gadol, there's one guy who's a Lamdin, who's a Masmid, who's staying into the base medrash till one o'clock in the morning, and unbelievable. He comes back to his room late at night, and he turns on the light. I gotta get into pajamas. What? what? I was learning. Where pajamas? He wrote something about me. I wanna learn a little bit before I go to sleep. In Bachurim is Orim. Who gazlan says Revolbi, That's a gazlan. Gezel sheino zegezel, stealing somebody's sleep, stealing somebody's time. That's also gzela. It's not just measured in pennies. Beis Haknesses Yisrael Salanter. He quotes a story about the founder of the Musar movement, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, who was so careful. We mentioned in the past. This week's his yard site. Got to mention it again. Yisrael Salanter will quote the story. He quotes in a minute. He once asked Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, the Talmudim came over and said, Rebbe, please tell us. They were baking matzahs. They said, Rebbe, what should we be makbid in? Which chumras in, in baking matzahs? What should we be makbid in? Oh, 18 minutes and the, the cleaning. and tell, tell what We want to do all the chumras. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter says, I only have one chumra from, by matzahs. He says, what's, what's your chumra, Rebbe? He says, you know the almana who washes the floor after the matzah baking is finished? Make sure you're nice to her and say thank you. That's what I'm makbid for. Rav Yisrael Salanter. So says Rav Yisrael Salanter, in his, it says the Revolbi, in, in his shul, Hayamali Rosh Hashanah, one Rosh Hashanah, it was full. And one time, there was one of the students that didn't have any place to go. He stood right by the door, right by the door of the shul. But Odom is Pash one Esrach. One Esrach started, and Yisrael Salanter goes over to him and says, Goslin, Goslin! Starts screaming at him. He's like, what's going on here? He's screaming at him, Goslin! So what's going on here? So the Yisrael Salanter, the only air, the only air that gets into the entire shul is from this doorway, and you're blocking it. You're stealing it from the tzibur. you got to go somewhere. you got to stand somewhere else. You can't stand here. Yisrael Salanter saw a little bit of exela, Shemetz. And that's Gzela enough. That's already Gazlan. It's not somebody who just does the major sins. But every little bit. Line 20. We have to learn Baba Kama relating it to our lives. What's a Gazlan? Somebody, uh, an armed robber. You go into a bank. Oh, Zeh Gazlan. But says Revolbi, says, there's Gzela on many different levels. We have to be wary. Right? What do we say in Ni'ilah? He doesn't mention it here. The one sin that we discuss in Ni'ilah is Gzela. Because we know, each on our own level, this is something that we have to be so careful about. Revolbi echoes the same idea in the previous, the previous Pasuk. Turning the page, going to source number four. Going to source number four, getting back to Bor. Says Revolbi, Av Bor, Srichim Lumanachalamaisa Bor. We read these Psukim. We have to put it into our lives how careful we have to be. Anashim Lachoshim Alzeh. He says, people don't think about this. Adam Ochel, Berachov, Zareka, the Klipos, Harazeh, Borbish, Zarabim. Somebody, somebody throws something down in the street, right? Somebody leaves something a little bit. We don't realize it. And he quotes, and I heard this week, B'Shem, somebody told me there, they heard from Ramosha Feinstein himself. They say Ramosha once told them that, I don't know why I get so many Shilas about Arachayim and Yeridea, and the fewest Shilas about Chosha Mishpat. He says, I don't know. He says, the Benadam HaChavero, people aren't as focused on that. They don't ask me as many Shilas about that. And Ramosha was bemoaning. For Ramosha, it was all the same. All the Halchalki Shochanach were open to him. Kishochanach. For Moshe said, you know, why is it? Says Revolbi, the same thing. He says on line five, Eneni Maven, Madua Lomdim Rak Hamishna Brura. Right? Nirash Etzrichim Lomalochal Pachos Pamayim Beshavuach Hoshem Mishvat. 
Chelik Shlishi, Geneva Gezela Pikadon Hashavas Aveda. There's nothing against the Mishnah Bura. Mishnah Bura is amazing. We all have to learn the Mishnah Bura. But what about the Mishnah Bura only, only wrote on one Chelik of the Shulchan Aruch? Right? What about Evan Ezer? What about Choshem Mishpat? What about the others? Yeridea. But says Revobi, we have to give equal time. Equal time. Line 9, Achavetz Chaim Lefnei Ne'ila. He quotes it here. Says the Drasha, said the Drasha in the Yeshiva, and he says, we have to be focused, we have to be focused on every little element. Every little element. And he quotes the Mashgiach Zal Nimeid Osanu. He quotes a story that he one time walked into somebody's house, and he he was looking at something on the table, and he picked it up, and the the the, the, the Balai said, what are you doing? It's not yours. And he felt so bad afterwards. He's like, I didn't have any right to touch it. He quotes examples. He borrows somebody from a, something from a friend. He says in Sho'alim, line 24, He borrows something from a roommate. Could I use it? I want to clean. I want to use it for A. We use it for B. We have to be so medactic, so careful with other people's property. Says Revobi, Geneva, Gezela, Shane, Regel. It's all to relate it to Lamaisa. It's not just Parshas Mishpatim. It's the Parsha of our lives. And we have to make sure we take it seriously. Okay. Moving right along. So we've had Bor, Shane, Regel, and now we have Esh. Now we have Esh. Perech of Beis. Next Pasek. Very next Pasek. Pasek Hey. Kiseitze Esh. A fire goes out. Kiseitze Esh. Umatzah Kotzim. And it finds twigs or thorns. And it eats somebody else's property. The one who is responsible for the fire is Chayiv, even though it was in somebody else's property. Fire spreads, right? As the Gemara says, but that is, that's the nature of fire. So there is a very well-known machlokis in Baba Kama. This is, could go in a Dafyomi Shir, but it could also go in a Parsha Shir, as we'll say. Something very fascinating. Probably one of the more well-known Nemuki Yosefs in, in the world. The Nemuki Yosef in Baba Kama deals with a machlokas about Esh. There's a machlokas between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. If somebody lights a fire and then it spreads, and I'm responsible for that fire, why am I responsible for that fire? Reish Lakish holds, it's my property. Esho Mishum Mamono. If I light a fire in my property and then it spreads, so it's like my animal doing damage. It's like any of my assets doing damage and I'm responsible for my property. But Rabbi Yochanan, his Rebbe, his brother-in-law, says, no, no, no. Eish is like an arrow. When I light a fire and it spreads, it's like I'm shooting an arrow into my friend's field. And therefore, when it goes, it's like I shot the arrow there. Chitzav. That's very different. It's not just my property. It's my arrow. Why am I chayiv? Why am I responsible if my fire goes? Because it's like I shot an arrow into his property and, and broke and ripped and damaged his property. That's Rabbi Yochanan. Asked the Muki Yosef an amazing question. An amazing question on this shita. Source number five. Might be the first time we're quoting a Namuki Yosef in a Parsha Shir in seven years. Says the Namuki Yosef, beginning of the first line, I have a question. Ask the Namuki Yosef, how does a woman light Shabbos candles every Friday before Shabbos? What's the problem? What did we just say according to Rabbi Yochanan? I light a fire. Fire is considered my arrows. So it's like I'm shooting an arrow into my friend's field. So now I'm shooting that arrow on Shabbos because it's still burning on Shabbos. So I'm like I'm lighting the fire on Shabbos because it's a continuous. I'm shooting the arrow. Ask the Namuka Yosef, how could we light Shabbos candles on Arrow Shabbos? Isn't that Chilul Shabbos? Because it's, if it's an arrow, it's as if I'm still constantly shooting the arrow. Isn't it? It's finished on Shabbos. According to Rabbi Yochanan, 
who ba'atzmo b'shabbos. It's as if I lit it on Shabbos. It's my arrow. So my arrow is considered my shooting it as long as it's continuing to go. So isn't that a prop? Obviously, we know there's going to be an answer to this question. But ask the Namuki Yosef, how could we light Shabbos candles on Erev Shabbos? That's his prop. This is a huge discussion in the Achronim. But let's see what the Namuki Yosef himself answers. And then we'll add to it. Says the, says the Namuki Yosef towards the end of line 5. Lo kashalon, not a problem. Not a problem. There's no problem with Yochanan's wife also. Eishel Mishim Chitzav. Right? He, even though Rabbi Yochanan, her husband, held that way, she lit Shabbos candles. She lit Shabbos candles. And Rabbi Yochanan's sister, who married Rish Lakish, she also lit Shabbos candles. Every, they all lit Shabbos candles. So how could she light the, uh, Shabbos candles? Isn't it like lighting the fire? Says the Namuki Yosef, Lo kashalon, No. It's not a problem. Shaharei chiyuvo mishum chitzav kizorek chitz. Yes, it's like shooting an arrow. But what happens when I shoot an arrow? I shoot an arrow at 10.31. So at 10.32 and a half, when it hits the bullseye, when it hits something, at 10.32 and a half, am I still shooting the arrow? I'm responsible for shooting the arrow. It's all because of me. But my action is finished at 10.31. It continues. The results of my action continue till T2. But T1, the action from my point of view, I can't take it back. I can't retract it. So I'm responsible for what happens later. But it's not as if I'm acting later. And therefore, yes, my Shabbos candles is my arrows is my wife's arrows. But I'm not lighting it on Shabbos. I lit it before Shabbos. It's just that I created a situation where it's continuing to be shot, to be lit on Shabbos. Shebishah, now let's read his words. It's like an arrow, line six. Shebishah, sheyatzah, chetz mitachas yado, right when the fight, the arrow goes out. At that moment, at the first moment, it's finished. It's not as if I am continuously doing the action. No. From my point of view, I started the ball rolling. That's it. Because he says in the Mugiyazi, if you really think it's, it's still you, then the, there should be circular logic. You shouldn't even be chayiv. You can't even, you can't retract what you did. So it's out of your control now. But the answer is, so what? It's your action from point number one, and therefore, Shabbos candles are okay, and Eishem Mishem Chitzav is okay. It's your action from the first moment, you're just responsible for what happens later. Now we understand a little bit about Eish. But there's one little more Hosafa. A fascinating Hosafa that the Achronim relate to this Nemuki Yosef. And that's a Gemara in Baba Kama. This is a thought that can be mentioned in Shvatim, but can also be mentioned in the summer months as well. Says the Gemara in Tainus Adaf Chavtes, source number six. We know there are five tragedies that we fast for on Shavasa Batamuz, and five tragedies that we fast for on Tishabav. Two of those five tragedies are the two Bati Mikdash. Two Bati Mikdash that were destroyed on Tishabav. So the Gemara says, goes through the dates, exactly what happened. Because if you look in Malachim and in Yirmiyahu, it doesn't all say the ninth. It says something happened on the seventh, something happened on the ninth. Something. So what exactly was the course of events? Says the Gemara, where it's underlined. Vitanya, E.F. Shalomar, Bishiva, Sharikfar Nemar, Be'asar. V.F. Shalomar, Be'asar, Sharikfar Nemar, Bishiva. Well, there are different psukim. Some say it's the seventh day of Av. Some say it was the tenth day of Av. And we fast on the ninth day of Av. So what was the course of events? Haketzad explains the Gemara. B'shiva nichnesu nachram lahechal. On the seventh day, they went in. The seventh day, Bayis Rishon, the Babylonians went in. The achlu v'kilkulubo. They ate and they did what they did there. Shvi'i Vishmini on the seventh day and on the eighth day of Av. Vitashi Samuch Lachashecha 
on the eighth, the ninth day, on Tisha B'av, right towards the end, it was still Tisha B'av, but it was towards the end of the day, they lit the base of Mikdash on fire. On the ninth day of Av, towards evening. And the entire next day, it burned. And that's why, of course, we have the Minhagim of Tisha B'av through Chatzos, on the tenth day of Av. Shinamar Oilanukifana Yom Kiyinatu Tsalalay Erev. That's the course of events. And then the Gemara ends off at the end of Source Six. Vahainu to Amar Rabyochanan. And this is what Rabyochanan. Let's keep that in mind. It's Rabyochanan talking. That's what Rabyochanan said. Il Mali Hayisi Boso Hadar. If I would have lived a little earlier, if I would have lived during that generation, I wouldn't have had Tisha B'Av. I would have had Asiri B'Av. I wouldn't have had the ninth day of Av. It only burned a little bit on the ninth day of Av. I would have had the tenth day of Av. Why? Because That's the day most of it burned. Most of the B'Vesha burned on the tenth day of Av. So that's the Iker day you should mourn. So that's why Rabbi Yochanan says, if I had my druthers, if it was up to me, I would have made it on the tenth day of Av. We don't do that. Why? Virabanan aschalta de Piranusa adifa. The beginning of the Piranus, the beginning is worse. Beginning is defining. That's the Gemara. Ask the Achronim. Ask the Shvi Pasach Frank. Ask others. Wait a minute. What did we just say about the Shita of Rabbi Yochanan? We just said Rabbi Yochanan holds Eisho Mishum Chitzav. That when you light a fire, it's like your arrow. But what does that mean, it's like your arrow? It doesn't mean like it's you're shooting it at every second. It means that at moment one, you shoot it, and you're responsible for everything that happens afterwards. If you didn't say that, then happen to women like Shabbos candles on Friday afternoon. That's the Namuki Yosef. That it's the first moment, that's the ichor, and everything else follows afterwards. That's just, that's just what happens. That's the result. So why does Rabbi Yochanan say that he would have fasted on the 10th day of Av? Out of any person, out of any rabbi in the entire Talmud, who should be the one to say that Tisha B'Av is the correct day? You go by when it starts. You go by the beginning. Rabbi Yochanan, he's the one. And yet he's Dafka the one that says that you go by the 10th day of Av. How do you fit the Gemara in Tainus that says Tisha B'Av should really be the 10th of Av according to everything we've said up until now. So suggests Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank and others, source number seven. This is from the Kamotzi Shalal Rav, the Kovitz. He says, well, let's tinker and let's explain a little bit, a little bit deeper. And that will help clear up and complete our thought. Regarding the person, the action started at the first moment. In terms of responsibility for the action, it goes by the first moment. That's true. But what are we doing on Tisha B'av? We're mourning the burning of the Beis HaMikdash. We're mourning what happened. That's the 10th day of Av. According to Rabbi Yochanan, theoretically. We don't care regarding Avelus for the Beis HaMikdash that the first moment... It was the sins of ours that the beginning of it were mourning Avelis of the Beis Hamikdash. So that goes by when the Beis Hamikdash actually burned, according to Rabbi Yochanan. Line nine. Summarizing Rashi Pesach Frank, the hard Svi. ein kavanas Yosef Lomar. The Namuki Yosef doesn't mean to say it doesn't mean that everything was considered burned already. No. When do our Shabbos candles burn? On Shabbos. That's fine. They're burning on Shabbos. That's owning Shabbos. That's covered Shabbos. That's on Shabbos. But, the person who's responsible, Regarding the responsibility of the action, that's at the beginning. But if we're focusing on the damage that occurred, what date did the damage occur? The later date. When it actually happened. 
So that's why Rabbi Yochanan, beautiful, says that if I was there, I would have had the tenth day because that's the day when the base of Mikdash happened to actually burn. Line nineteen, Shona Hadavar Lagabe Ha'avel Al Sreifas Beis Elokenu Sham Savar Rabbi Yochanan. There Rabbi Yochanan holds Shekivan Shebefoal Nisra Fahecho Basiri because it was on the tenth Lo Hayamakom Lekvoas Atainis Bitchi Elabasiri. So we have a little insight into the Hezek of Aish. We focused on Bar. We, met, we related Bar to our lives. And now we have a little Lumdus of Aish. We have the Namuki Yosef. How do we light Shabbos candles? The answer, it goes by the first moment. But then why does he say we should have fasted on the 10th of Av, not the 9th? Because regarding the actual Avelus, the base of Migdash, the actual base of Migdash burned on the 10th of Av. We Paskins still like the Rabbanan. You still go by the beginning. So go by the beginning because that was the beginning, the beginning of the tragedy. Okay, moving right along. A couple of more points on the parsha. There is a yesod that is tucked away here in the Sefer Hachinuch that could have been written in many places, but it's written here, relating to a mitzvah in Perak Chavbeis Pazach Zayin. Perak Chavbeis Pazach Zayin. Says the Torah, Elohim lo sekalel. Or Elohim lo sekalel. Both are included in this Isser. It could mean Elohim lo sekalel. The Isser of cursing God, chas v'shalom, bir Hashem, one of the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nei Noach, Megadif. That's Elohim lo sekalel. But it also is the Isser of Elohim. Judges. Judges are called Elohim. Elohim lo sekalel, what is not allowed to curse the Dayan. Both of those are counted and included in the Isurim. Asks the Sefer HaChinuch. Ask the Sefer HaChinuch on this Pasuk of Elohim Losekalel. Source number eight. First he defines the mitzvah. Shelo Lekalel HaDayanim. Now let a curse a judge. After somebody gets uh, decided against in a court. No. Isur. Elohim Losekalel Upirisho Dayanin. Kamar Asher Yarshiyun Elohim and v'hotziu akasa b'lashon Elohim. Why does it say use the lashon of Elohim? Kedeshi he nichla limalav zelav acher. Because the Torah wants to allude to another iser, not only judges, but of course lav de birchas Hashem. We can't even say the words kilulas Hashem. I say it just for to to explain. But really, Chazal call it birchas Hashem because we don't want to even say the words. Don't want to say the words. Ask the Sefer Achinuch implicitly. It says elsewhere in Vayikra, Perach of Dalid, Vinokev Shem Hashem Mos Yumas. Right? By the Magadef. By the story, by the actual Magadef. And later on in Vayikra, it says there, somebody curses God, he shall surely die. Why do we need another Pasuk here in Mishpatim earlier that teaches us Elokim Lo Sekalel? A question that the Sefer Echinach asks based on Chazal. Usually when you have two psukim, it's to emphasize a new element. Here you have two psukim. Is, aren't they the same thing? Elohim lo sekalel and chavdalid tezayin in vayikra benokev sheim Hashem os yumas says the Sefer HaChinuch, no. There's a yesod that the Gemara talks about in various places and it applies here too. Aval I'm sorry honokev sheim Hashem os yumas zehu haonesh Aval ha'azhara himikan. Ki lo yaspik lanu azharas ha'onesh b'mitzvah mi b'li azhara. There is never a punishment for any avera in the Torah unless there is another pasik that gives you a warning that it's aser. There must be in azhara a warning and then a punishment. If we look in Parshas Achremos and Parshas Kedoshim, we have the Arayos repeated twice. Why twice? One's an Azhara, one's a warning, don't do it, and one is an Onesh. And what is a punishment? If you do this, this is what will happen. What's the Pasuk in Vayikra? All it says there is, V'nokev Shem Hashem Mos Yumas. If one does this, then this will happen. It does not say it's Aser to do. Says the Sefer HaChinuch, we would never know that something is usher to do unless it says it's usher to do. Because sometimes we find in the Torah certain actions that are voluntary, that are what we would call rishus. 
For example, lending money. If I lend money, I owe the person. If I don't lend money, if I lend money, he owes me. If I don't lend him money, he doesn't owe me. Is that a punishment? That's not a punishment. That's just a result of the action that took place. Says the Sefer HaChinuch. This is what Chazal tell us over and over again. Onesh shamanu Fine, I know the punishment in the Torah. How do I know the ashara? What does that mean? Says the Chinuch. As follows. If the Torah wouldn't write a lo sase, a warning. The Torah would just say, if somebody does this, this will be their punishment. I might have thought, I can do this, I'm just going to have to pay for it. Sometimes things are worth it. Sometimes we know we're going to get, it's bad for us. Right? Sometimes we know certain foods give us major stomach aches. But we eat it anyway. Because we say, you know what? It's worth it for me now. I'll pay for it later. That's it. It's a human nature. Right? Sometimes we'll violate something. It's worth it for me. It's worth it for me to violate. A, a, a parking violation. Whatever it is. It's worth it for me. I'll pay for it later. Okay. So maybe I would think that's also the same thing here. Whenever the Torah gives an onesh, maybe it's like you have the right to do it, but you'll just have to pay for it. Says the Torah, no. Onesh and an azhara. We have to realize, that's why Chazal looked for the azhara, to make sure we realize these are usr. V'yachzer devar mitzvah she'en mekach umemkar. I might have thought that if it didn't have an, on, uh, an azhara, it's just like a sale and a, and a, and a loan. That's why Chazal always go out of their way over and over again to try to find the Makar. Where's the Asara? Sometimes we read Gemara, it like, seems so technical. It's like you read a Gemara, it's like, okay, we find the Onish. What about the Asara? Come on, you have the Onish already. What do you need another Pasuk for? Because of what the Chinuch says here. Because not everything in life is Asar. Some things are allowed, and you pay for it. So the Torah has to go out of its way to say, yes, of course, there's the fifth Shulchan Aruch, there's certain things we could try to figure out the Torah would, would require, but that's only the fifth Shulchan Aruch. We want to know what's in the Dalek Felke Shulchan Aruch. We want to know what's in the four. But that's the, the, the sod of the Sefer HaChinuch regarding Onshim and Azharos. Okay, moving right along. A lot to move right along in here in uh, Mishpatim. Perach of Gimel, now towards the, towards the end, towards the end of Chamishi. So what do we have here? We have Shemitah. We have uh, Shabbos. We have a lot going on here. And then we have the Chagim. We have the first time, the first rendition of the Chagim. Mishpatim. We have Emor, Pinchas, Re'eh. Those are the major. The major partios of the Moadim are Emor, Pinchas, and Re'eh. But we also have a little one right here. Perach of Gimel, Pasuk Yudal. Shalosh regalim tacholi bashana. Three regalim. Es chaga matzos tishmar. Shivas yamim matzos. Tochal matzos kasher tzivisicha. Seven days you should eat matzah. Limo eight chodesh ha'aviv. In the spring. Kivo yatzasami mitzrayim. Lo yirof anai rekam. Pesach. The chag ha'katsir. Bikurei ma'asecha. Chag ha'katsir. The chag of the harvest. Asher tizra basadeh. Shvuis. The harvest of gathering. Again, the Torah says, The three regalim, and then you have a couple of specific mitzvot mentioned here. Bikurim, Asks Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, ask others, why is it that we have agricultural names to the holidays? What is so important about giving agricultural names to the holidays? Yes, we know that the holidays have to be within certain seasons, and if not, Bezdin cal- use their, uses their ability to calculate and to move around the calendar to make sure that the seasons always, the holidays fall out in the right seasons. But why is it so important? And specifically, why do we have agricultural names? Chag Amatzos and Chag Chodesh Ha'aviv. We have Chodesh Aviv, Chag HaKatsir, Chag HaAsif. Why is it so crucial to have these? Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, two ideas. 
Says Rabbi Yaakov, two ideas, and we'll get to a third idea after. Says Rabbi Yaakov, source number nine. Hine, Bilashon Torah, Matsinu, Kama Pa'amim, Shenikrim, Asholosh Regalim, Alshay Matsaveh, Atua Basadeh. We find a number of times in the Torah, the Chagim called based on the situation and the state of the Tvua in the field. Vahainu, Ki'ilu inyin achag hu lachgog sha'achena tfuah gavoh niksura It's as if part of the simcha of the holiday is celebrating the agricultural achievements. Why would we do that? What is the fact that I had a great cutsier? Uh, why does that affect my spirituality on Shavuos? What, what, what's the connection? L'chara zet tamuah. But but it's an uvda. This is this is what the Torah says. The Torah connects the agriculture to to the holiday. So why is it? Two ideas. One he just alludes to that he's mentioned in the past. We've done this, Rabbiako. He says, I in Lael Parshas Bracious, line seven, should be arti. Maybe it's a general idea to emphasize to us that Yadus never has a break between Gashmis and Ruchnius. And though others might believe in order to be holy, one has to be fully Ruchnius, nothing to do with Gashmias, we believe no. We're Makadesh. We don't only have a carbon Ola, which the non-Jews could bring, we have a carbon Shlamim, which is eaten by people as well. We bring the Gashmias up. So maybe that's the emphasis of the agricultural, the Gashmi connection to the holidays. To emphasize to us, because we're supposed to bring up all of our gashmias, all of our all of our physical elements. Lahadgish eshitas Yisrael hacholekes alamunas umos. We go against the emun of the umos. Vahainu shanu sovrim shagashmias gavkin ruchniasi. The gashmias are also full of ruchniyas vein shemchilik vein avodas Hashem aide achila uvein avodas Hashem aide tefila. Number one, an idea that he mentioned elsewhere. Then he has another idea. V'nira levar od ba'ofan acher. And this one, this idea, is not general Gashmias. It's specific agriculture. He says, we find many times in Tanakh. You don't have to look further than Shema. But we find many times in Tanakh. Shachadosh Baruch Hu Mar'el Yisrael Imu Svaratzon Mehem Aide Matzav Atvos Basadeh Many times throughout our history. You know how Hashem communicates with us? Through the field. Meaning rain. What is all Masechah's Tainus about? Right? No rain. Davin, Davin, Davin more. Davin, Davin. Choni Amagel, Davin. Rain. Tzvua. The state of our crops. That is a an indicator of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu thinks of us right now. What's he's involved? Like we say twice a day. So it's all about that. Haray, second to last line. When Israel are on their land, how does he communicate with us? That's the connection. And therefore, if we have a year, if we have a year of plenty, we have a katsir, we have an asif, we have to channel that and recognize it's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and use that to thank Him and to deepen our connections or whatever happened during the asif. It wasn't such a good asif that we got to go to the base of English and dive in really hard and use it as an impetus for, for tshuva. Right? We also, he even quotes the Gemara in Shabbos, Lamed Aleph, that the word emuna is Seder Zrayim. Because you got to have a moon to be a farmer to trust what's going to happen in the future. That is something that is uh, a uniquely Jewish idea, specifically, and that's why suggests Rabbi Yaakov the Chagim relating to to um, to the agricultural seasons. Just one other small thought related to this, and that's the thought of the Meshachach. I think we have mentioned this in the past, but I was not sure, so I gave it to you again in source number ten, where the Meshachach points out, isn't it interesting? That here the Torah has Chag Hamatzos. It's called Chag Hamatzos, and it's Chodesh Ha'aviv. It's called Chag Hakatzir. Okay, but what else? Okay, Shvuis. We call it Shvuis, but Chag Bikurim. But 
What does the Torah call it? Okay, Chagal Katsir. But why isn't it called Sukkot here? That's the name. Right? Chag we know Pesach is Matzah. Pesach is Erev Pesach. But in the Torah, the seven-day holiday in Nisan is Chag Why isn't it called Sukkot here? Asks the Meshachachma. The Chag It's Chag Says the Meshachachma something amazing. Suggestion based on a Vilna Gon. The Gra, this is a much quoted Vilna Gon Sukkot time. The Gra notes the Shita of the Tur. The Tur writes in Hilcha Sukkot, why do we have Sukkot in, in Tishrei? Now, when should we have Sukkot? Right? It's, a, it's a remembrance of HaKadosh Baruch Hu put, put, surrounded us with clouds of glory or Sukkot Mamish. Either way, it was in Nisan when he took us out. So why do we have Tishrei in Sukkot? It really, in, why do we have Sukkot in Tishrei? Really, it should be in Nisan. So what does the Tur answer? You're right. There's no reason why it's in Tishrei specifically. It's just that we want it to be clearly recognizable, Nikar, that we're doing this for a mitzvah. Right? If we did it in the spring, people would think we're just going outside because nice weather is starting. But in Tishrei, when everybody's bringing in their outdoor furniture, and that's Dafka, we're going out, right? And the sukkah, oh, now everybody realizes that it's Lashem mitzvah. Says the Gra, I have another pshat. I think sukkah is specifically when it is for a specific reason. Explains the Gra in his commentary on Shira Shirim. That if you do the math, as we know, Moshe Rabbeinu was up on our Sinai 120 days. Three times for 40. He goes up on the seventh day of Sivan, right after Maimon our Sinai. He comes down 40 days later, breaks the Luchos on Shvasa Tammuz. Goes back up on the 18th day of Tammuz, comes down on Erev, Rosh Chodesh Elul, 40 days later, and says, you're forgiven. Goes back up on Rosh Chodesh Elul for a third set of 40 days, comes down 40 days later with the second Luchos on Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur. Finally on Yom Kippur, we're all set to start. We're all set to start Jewish history. So what happens? The next morning Moshe gets up on the 11th day and he says, Rabosai, we're building a Mishkan. I need, I need collections. So what happens? They collect for two days. Baboker, Baboker. So on the 12th day and on the 13th day they collect. On the 14th day of Tishrei, they start building the Mishkan. On the 15th day, the Adonai HaKavod return. The Ananei HaKavod that disappeared, the special divine protection that disappeared by the Egel, returned when B'nai Yisrael start building the Mishkan, which was on the 15th day of Tishrei. You know why we have Sukkot on the 15th day of Tishrei, says the Grah, because that's exactly when the Ananei HaKavod appeared. That's the Grah, commentary on Shira Shirin. Now adds the Meshachachma. Unbelievable suggestion. Maybe before the Egel, there was no such thing as Sukkot. There was a Chag Ha'asif. Who said it was going to be Sukkot? Who said it was going to be the mitzvah of Sukkah? Dafka, the Anani covered returned that day. Who says? Why is it only called Chag Hasukos after the Cheta Egel? Says the Meshachachma. Source 10. Here and in Kisisa, before the Egel. It's called Chaga Asif. Lokain Bidvarmin Rei Chaga Sukos. Why? He quotes the Gra. And therefore he says on line 6. Lokain Oz Kodemadibro Shneos Nikra Chaga Asif Velo Chaga Sukos. Umisula Kushis Rebichanina Rosh Hashanah Velo Shayach Lekroso Chaga Asif Ala Sukkah. Answers Akasha there. But suggests the Meshachachma. That's why it's called Chaga Asif here. Because there was no Sukkot yet. Okay, it's cool. Let's get one more thought in relating to the Parsha, and then I'll draw and say one quick thought on Shkolem. Says the Pasik, Parach of Gimel, Pasik Beis, going back a couple of Sukkim, a halacha that refers to a Dayan. A Dayan, Lotia Acharei Rabim Laraos. Don't follow the majority for bad. What does that mean? So we know from the Chazal, the Mishnah in Mesechah uh, Sanhedrin, that to acquit someone, you got to win by two. Well, win by one. To convict somebody, it could even win. You have to win by two. You cannot win by one. Meaning, if there is a bezin of 23, 12 to 11, 12 to 11 to exonerate, great. 12 to 11 to convict, no good. You got to win by at least two. Win by two. Right? The source for that concept is right here. Right? Lo, lo tia achre rabim laros. Right? You cannot follow the majority for negative. Says the Tom Vidas with Sternbach. But we could also learn the Pasuk Ipshuto. 
don't follow the masses. Just because everybody's doing something doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Just because this has been done and the masses do it doesn't mean that I should do it. Line 4. It's the teva of people to follow the crowd. It's the teva of people. Be it in behavior, be it in traffic patterns. Right? There could be a low lane. Everybody's in one lane. There's a whole lane next to it that's only open. But everybody's in one lane. Everybody's going to go to that lane. It's human nature. Right? We follow the crowd. Says the Tambadas. But if the crowd is doing something, it doesn't mean it's right. Always. Does not always mean it's right. And then he quotes the story of Jonas and Ibishitz. Quoted this many years ago. Jonathan Ibishitz was a Mukur of Lamalchus. And one time somebody asked him, You Jews keep the Torah, right? Yes. It says in your Torah that you shouldn't follow the majority, that you should follow the majority. You should follow the majority. So most people explain this person. Right? Most people don't believe like you Jews. You Jews have like a minority belief system. So maybe you're all wrong. You should follow the majority. So follow us. Says of Jonas and Ibishes, without batting an eyelash. You only follow the majority if there's a doubt. If there's a suffix, you don't know what to do, then you follow the majority. But if you're 100% clear about something, if you have a glass of water in front of you and a thousand people say it's soda, but you know it's water, then you don't follow the majority because you know what the answer is. Instead of you don't understand, there's no suffix. You don't follow the majority in a case of suffix. But if there's a doubt and people are doing the wrong thing, we have to stand up. Stand up to the majority. Like the first tour in Arachayim. The first tour in Arachayim, source number 12. We have to be strong in our bonus Hashem. We have to be Az Kanamer. We have Azus Tikdusha. We have to be strong in the face of others who might who might not believe what we believe. So that's how we leave Mishpatim. So many nitty gritty details of halacha, both We have to make sure that we focus. We focus on on all of these details in the proper balance and the proper perspective. Okay, one final thought for the evening as we start the Dalat Parshios. Parsha Shkalim. Parsha Shkalim we have right before Rosh Chodesh Adar. The Pazak tells us in the beginning of Kisisa, which we will read the Shabbish, Ha'ashir lo yarbe v'hadal lo yamit. The Ashir, the rich cannot give more, the Dal, the poor cannot give less. From a Machzah Shekel, everybody gives the exact same amount. Al Derek Drush. Says the Elahe Moadai. What's a Dal and what's an Ashir? What's an Ashir? A rich person. So we know the famous Mishnah in Perkayavos. Ezeu Ashir Hasameach Bechelko. Who is the rich person? Someone who is happy with what they have. Ask the Elahe Moadai of Schlesinger. That's not true. It's not true. Somebody doesn't have bread to put on the table. They might be happy, but they're not rich. Why does Benazai call them, Benzoma, call them rich? Okay, it's a nice Hashkafic Musar idea. But Lamaisa, they're not rich. So what does that mean? It makes me feel good, okay. But if somebody doesn't have anything, how could we call them rich? So explains the Elah Moadai, very sharp. What Benzoma means by saying Hasameach Bechelko is that Ashiras, how do you measure Ashiras? Lo nikva lafim kama sheyesh la'adam yoser umekubal ba'olam. Ha'osher nikva lafisha kama shechaser lo pachos. Ashiras is not based on who has more, but Ashiras is based on who is missing less. Again, Ashiras says Benzoma, According to the shot, is not measured on who has more, but is measured on who is missing less. Chazal say, if you have a hundred, you want two hundred. If you want have two hundred, you want four hundred. What does that ratio show? The more one has, the more one wants. Right? Oif kesef lo yispa kesef. It says in Kohelis, mitivo shel adam 
Asher kama sheyish lo yoser, kam chaser lo yoser. The more I have, the more I feel I'm missing. Because I want to get more and more and more. But if I feel that I'm not missing anything, if I'm not missing anything, because I'm happy with what I have, then I'm not missing anything. That's an ashir. Because no matter how rich a person is, there's always more to have and more to have. And you're right, that's not a true measure of ashirus. A true measure of ashirus is whoever is missing the least, that's the greatest ashir in the world. And that's benzoma. Ezel ashir hasameach bechelko. Klomar, on the top of the next page. Ha'ashir hulozeshish the odzav achesef. Ela. I feel that I'm not missing, not that I, I don't feel like I have everything. I know I don't have, I know I, there are a lot of things I don't have. But I know and I feel like I'm not missing anything. So that is Ashirus, and maybe that's a Drush understanding of Ha'ashir. In Ashir, who is called an Ashir? Lo Yarbe, someone who doesn't feel the need to be Marbe because they have everything. That's it. I'm an Ashir. Dal? Why is he a Dal? Someone who's not happy with the meat that they have because they feel that they're missing elsewhere. So let us all, Be'ez Hashem, realize the bracha of not trying to feel that we need something that we don't need and we should all be zochet to true Ashirus. In Ezeo Ashir, Hasameh Pachalka.